Um, I've probably mentioned this before, but um, I remember, uh, most of you all probably remember Elder Sonny Piles, uh, who passed away, I guess, maybe a couple years ago now. Very well known among the Primitive Baptists, and I've listened to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of his sermons. And uh, one of the things that he would say at the beginning of uh, some of his sermons was that he had a severe handicap in preaching and that he had to preach what was on his mind. And uh, he said that in jest, obviously. But I really think every preacher ought to follow that line of thinking because to stand up and to preach something just because it's a certain occasion, you know, it, obviously the Lord can bless that and it could be profitable. But um, I think when the Lord impresses something on your mind, then uh, that's something that you ought to preach about. So it being Easter, the subject on my mind is not about the resurrection and, and those events, but something uh, much different than that. But I hope that it will be beneficial to us this morning. And it's something that's going to take me multiple sermons probably to get to uh, through all of it. So I'm just going to give you bits and pieces as I go, hopefully till we can get to the end of it. And the subject would be on taking a stand. I try to spend very little time looking at anything that is news related. Um, but from, from time to time, uh, I'll, I'll look at something just to make sure that, you know, the uh, world's not about to explode. And when I look at those things, um, it is very easy for me to see that the devil is at work. Uh, we, are looking, uh, we are living in a time where it is so easy to see the verse that says that the devil is like a roaring lion and he's roaming about seeking whom he may devour. It is so easy to see that being played out in our present day. Amen. Um, and while it is still you know, legal for me to do so, we've got issues out there uh, that are being you know, forced on us, uh, deviant issues. Uh, we've got, you know, maybe it was a couple years ago that, you know, we started to see the things kind of rise where, you know, you could go into whatever bathroom you wanted to go in, gender aside. All right, and then that's kind of just started to, to, to grow and to, to get more steam. And now today, um, you know, the, the, the gender identity thing is, is, I mean, it's everywhere. And it's being forced upon us uh, to where... Uh, you know, you either you either accept this, you endorse it, or really celebrate it, or there's going to be consequences. Now, that's just one of dozens of issues that I could that I could talk about. But to it, to me, the growing thought that I have in my mind is that it is rapidly approaching where we, as God's people, are going to have to take a stand. We are going to have to choose a side. And uh, when, I, when I thought about these things, that the, the, the conclusion I, I came to was there is no place for the child of God to sit on the fence. Right. Sitting on the fence is not an option for the child of God. And if you go through the Bible and you just look at certain accounts, you think about, um, you know, what did Joshua say? Joshua stood before the people and he said, what? Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. He's saying, get off the fence. Elijah looked at the people and said, how long are you going to halt between two opinions? Is it going to be God or is it going to be Baal? Which one is it? The Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew, he is preaching and he says, you cannot serve two masters. He said, you'll either love one and hate the other or hate one and love the other. He said, you cannot serve 
both God and mammon, meaning riches and treasures, and, and, and that doesn't necessarily come in the form of money. We also read in the book of Revelation where the Lord is, the, the, the Lord is talking to the church at Laodicea, and what does He tell them? He says, I, I, would, I wish you were either hot or cold. What is He saying? He said, I don't want you to sit on the fence. I want you to either be over here or I want you to be over here. Elijah says you need to be here or here. Joshua says here or here. The Lord says here or here. There's no place for the child of God to be on the fence. Now, when I think about taking a stand, which is something I think we are going to have to be prepared to do. I, I think about the prophet Elijah. And I want to spend the next however many sermons I need to going through the, the early parts of the ministry of Elijah and looking at some of the things that he dealt with and that he experienced because many people took a stand in the Bible. But the one that stands out to me the most is the prophet Elijah. When he stood up against uh, the king and the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the groves, uh, a great example of him taking a stand. Now, it was not easy. He did not do it without some failures in it. But there are some things that I think we can learn from the prophet Elijah to help us take a stand as the devil is bringing issues to our front door and he is saying, who are you with? He's, he is going, the, the devil is going to test God's people to see where are you going to stand during all this. Now look, understand me now, and I don't mean this in an ugly way. When I say taking a stand, I'm not saying put your favorite Bible verse on Facebook. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about taking a stand when there is something on the line. Taking a stand when it may cost you something. Okay, our idea of Christianity in America today is to kind of live however we want to live and kind of do what we ever want, whatever we want to do. As long as we can throw out a Bible verse every now and then, as long as we can give a little attendance to church every now and then, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, I'm talking about taking a stand for the Lord in a gracious, humble, but bold way if needed to say, I am not on the fence on this. I'm with the Lord Jesus Christ on this. You see, and I've said this to you before, every person in this world has a standard by which they live. Right. Everybody. <clears throat> now, one person may write his own standard and say, hey, I've written my own rules. This is what I'm going to consider right and wrong. This is where I'm going to draw the line. But for everybody that's been born again by the Spirit of God, God's standard ought to be our rule for living. That the Lord said this is where I should stand on it, so that's where I stand on it. Oh yeah, well what if it cost you your life? What if it cost you your business? What if it cost you your reputation? Are you going to sit on the fence? Are you going to go stand with the Lord? Now, <clears throat> in, in the book of 1 Kings, I was trying to debate <clears throat> how far I might get through this, and I think the first verse is probably going to be about it to start with. <clears throat> 1 Kings in the 17th chapter. In verse 1. It says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, 
There shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Now, Ahab, you'll find out, is a, um, he is not a good king. And he has a, a, a wife, Jezebel, that is even a worse queen. She is the worst of the worst. And, and you know, uh, the name Jezebel even today carries a very negative connotation to it. Because of this woman that he's married to. Elijah goes before the king Ahab as one of the prophets of God. Now understand, Ahab is not a godly man. Ahab is not concerned with, with the least little interest in the things of God. Ahab is his own God. Ahab has written his own standard for living. He is not interested in the thing that Elijah treasures the most, which is the Lord. So Elijah goes to him in the name of the Lord. Now that's got to be a little bit of an intimidating thing. And that's the position that we're going to find ourselves in. We're going to find ourselves standing before the rulers and the authorities on behalf of the Lord when the ruler and authority cares nothing for the Lord or his standard. That's where we're headed. Now, <clears throat> let me pause there. I want you to think for a second about some of the people that did that in the Bible. It's interesting to me that in this very first verse, if I could take one thing out of it, this is what I want out of it. Elijah says, as the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand. Do you notice how he prefaced that when he talked to Ahab? He said, as the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand. Now that's real important, before whom I stand. Now, he's standing in front of the king, right? He's standing in front of the wicked king Ahab, but he says, it's the Lord God of Israel that I'm standing before. I want you to think about Moses for just a second. The Bible tells us in Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Let me flip over there. I want to read it for just a second. Hebrews, the 11th chapter. It tells us this about Moses. <clears throat> By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. You get that? See, Moses had a good life as far as the world sees it. Living in Egypt. The Bible says that he had riches and treasures. He was the daughter of the daughter of uh, he was the son of the daughter of Pharaoh, in a sense. Remember? Because she found him, raised him up in Pharaoh's house, where it comes a time when Moses says, I would rather suffer in the desert wandering with the people of God and suffer their afflictions than to live here in the world with all the riches in the world. You understand? And so Moses, there is no question Moses was a man that stood before God. Now I want you to think about this. Now when I think about standing before God, I want you to think about, um, I've got some Lord of the Rings things I could use. I'm going to save those for Brother Tim though. I want you to think about a soldier. And he is in his company or whatever you want to call it. And they are standing there in line, ready for battle. And in front of them is a captain. And that captain is giving them orders and saying, this is the bidding that you need to do. 
And so the soldier stands there before his leader, before his captain, ready, faithful, obedient, willing to do the bidding of the one that he is standing in front of. Now, that's a beautiful picture. And that's what we're talking about is Moses has stood before the Lord as the, with the Lord as his captain saying, I'm here, Lord, to do your bidding. And you know what the Lord tells him? Okay, I need you to go to the king of Egypt who cares nothing about me, who cares nothing about what you believe. I need you to go to the king of Egypt and tell him to let my people go. <clears throat> That's quite the tall order, isn't it? But Moses has been standing before the Lord. And that gives him the courage to go stand before the king. Amen. Does that make sense? Yeah. Let's think about another one. <clears throat> I want you to think about in the book of Esther. Esther is the wife of the king. Again, not a king who cares anything about the Lord. As a matter of fact, he is a king who has signed a death warrant for all of the Jewish people. Right. So understand this. We've got Ahab. He doesn't care about the Lord. We have got the king of Egypt, Pharaoh. He does not care about the Lord. We've got the king here in Esther who does not care a thing about the Lord. But you have... Esther here on behalf of her people who clearly Esther has spent time standing before the Lord as a soldier in the army of God saying, Lord, what bidding would you have me do? And in Esther, the fourth chapter, <clears throat> it is her intent because of what her cousin Mordecai, who raised her as his daughter, instructs her to do because there has been a death wish signed on the Jewish people, Esther. You have got to go before the king and try to get this thing fixed. Well, there's a problem with that. Even though Esther is the wife of the king, you just did not go into the presence of the king unless he called for you. And we read about that in Esther, the fourth chapter. <clears throat> In verse 11, it says, All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come unto the king into the inner court who is not called, there is one law of his to put him to death, except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter that he may live. And she says, But I have not been called to come into the king these 30 days. Then Mordecai commanded to Esther to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. I love this verse right here. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? I want you to think about that. We're talking about taking a stand. Here Mordecai is telling Esther, yes, it is a good possibility that you are going to be killed when you go into the king's presence without being asked to come into it. And he says, but what if, 
What if God has put you in this very place at this very time to do something powerful for the kingdom of God? And then Esther has got to make a decision. Am I going to take a stand here or am I not? Am I going to go on this side of the fence or that side? Or am I just going to sit on the fence? Her life is on the line. Certainly Moses' life was on the line. And then we read with Esther about her courage. It says, Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house over against the king's house. The king sat on his royal throne in the royal house over against the gate of the house. And it says, And it was so when the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court that she obtained favor in his sight. And the king held out to her, out to Esther, the golden scepter that was in his hand. Now, I've got about five minutes here. I want to go back to 1 Kings for just a second. One of the things that I can learn and draw strength from when I read about the account of Elijah is Elijah went before the king. Esther went before the king. Moses went before the king against ungodly kings to talk with them in the name of the Lord. But the Bible says that Elijah said, as the, Lord's, as, the, as the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand. You will, and this is what I want you to get. You will never find the strength to stand before ungodly men if you have not been standing daily before God. Amen. I hope that makes sense. Yes. How in the world do you stand before God You stand before God in the same way that that soldier stands before his captain saying, I'm here, I am faithful, I am obedient, and I am ready to do your bidding. Now, one of the problems that we've got in America today is we don't recognize sometimes whose bidding we're doing. I think about, you know, I think about country music. You know, nowadays, they don't really even classify it as a country music unless you're half drunk, half dressed, and on a dirt road back somewhere with your girlfriend. That's funny, but I'm not being funny. And those same people that write those songs will also profess the Lord. Brothers and sisters, when you write songs that will influence fornication, drunkenness, and all manner of wretchedness, you are doing the devil's bidding. You are standing before the devil with your pen and paper saying, what would you have me write to the masses to entertain them? That's the devil's bidding. It happens in movies. It happens in, in songs. It happens in books. It happens in our daily conversations. But we must stand before the Lord as a faithful servant, as a faithful soldier saying, Lord, what would you have me do today? How would you have me speak? How would you have me love? How would you have me forgive? How would you have me pray? How would you have me study my Bible? Because when the knock comes on your door and says, which side of the fence are you on? You can say, I have been standing before the Lord all of my days and I am on his side. Now, When it comes to taking a stand, if we don't get anything else out of the ministry of Elijah, I want you to get that. The Bible tells us to come boldly before the throne of grace. To stand before Him. 
to stand there as that soldier doing his bidding, if you don't get anything else out of this, you will never stand for the, against men if you will not stand with the Lord daily. You are a soldier. You are in the army of God, blood bought and born again. Ask him on a daily basis, Lord, what would you have me do? And then when the tough time comes, may we be like Moses and Esther and Elijah, having spent our days before the Lord so that we can go before the kings of men and say, I'm on the Lord's side. I hope that that's been profitable. Pray for me over the next maybe several weeks uh, that I'm here to preach that uh, we can get something out of uh, the ministry of Elijah so that when we're done, we'll have more courage and boldness to stand when that time comes because I believe it's coming. Thank you for your good attention.